Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slamfire Radio. This is episode 437 for January 6th, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Adriel. I am Kyle. And I am Mo. Should have had like a 20 gauge and a 22 round handy. Getting yeah. to 2022. Yeah. yeah. You're the 22. No. I'm the 22. Year of the 22. You're the 22. It yeah. is the year of the 22. Yes, I think it's actually, it is going to be the year of the 22. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you look at like all the ORPS and CRPS and Maple Seed we're going to get done this year. Yeah. It's going to be so much. Yeah. Yeah. Maple Seed's going to blow up. Do I have any 22? I have 22 stuff to show today later on when we get to it. Uh, first, uh, what we did in guns is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. Right now, they have portable target systems, um, and they're on like a clothesline system. I'm sure you've all seen like homemade versions of these, but these are like pro versions. They're called zip targets. And if you have a three gun group or something like that, and you want like not a homemade one, boom, right there. <clears throat> so nice. Makes up to a hundred foot range. Oh, don't go that long though. Cause whenever you go that long, they always like bind up and like go back and forth and bounce around. Slick. That's, and it just operates off a of drill. It looked like from that first picture. Yeah. It's oh yeah. Says, that is very cool. Trigger shut, I guess. And just zip no. tie it. Zip tie that is trigger. very cool. Hmm. Huh. huh? Wheels are turning. Wheels are turning. I got to buy some <laughs> land and set up a range. Yeah. Yeah. 169. You know, uh, to, to just save you some time from going back and forth to home Depot and stop the dicking around like 169 is pretty good. Yeah. I'm interested if that goes one way or just back and forth. Uh, it would be cool if they had like a limit switch on it that made it go back and forth. It looks like there it has to be just one direction, but hmm. yeah, it'd be cool if they could get it. So it, Goes one way and then automatically circles around, and comes back. I like Mike's suggestion: charging bear simulation. Get <laughs> yeah, that yeah. thing coming at you. Yeah. It's going right for me. <laughs> <laughs> We've done that with the indoor range. Just hit the button yeah. and have the target come right at you. <laughs> if you hit it with anything less than a three hundred wind mag, it doesn't count. It bounced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. According to CGN. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Mo, why don't you take, why don't you, uh, start us off? Okay. So I had registered for a match at the RA center in Ottawa, which got canceled. Now it's been moved to, to February. Uh, no, you can guess, you can guess. <laughs> it starts with a C and Verona. ends with a id. <laughs> um, there was also another match that was supposed to be this, this week in, in, uh, in 
in Quebec and that got canceled a while ago. So I have no idea when we're going to be shooting again. We'll see how long this goes on for. It's going to be at least a month. At least a month. Everything's going to be. I, yeah. I, I mean, if it's a month, that's okay. I guess if it's going to be many, many months, that's going to suck. So uh, <laughs> I finally got the, I mentioned I got the, the Wrangler uh, last week and I finally got the paperwork at the beginning of the week. So, oh, there it is. Oh, uh, that's the black one. Nice. Black one. And what? so I took it to the, I took it, I got to take it to the range and I got to shoot a bit and uh, I got my reloads down to under a second, same as my competition pistol. So that's good, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> now it's more like one day to reload, but... <laughs> So you should put Maybe out if a you tutorial have for cylinders. that. What's that? <laughs> you should put out a tutorial for loading a Wrangler in under a second. I'd like oh, to yeah. see it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I was, I was, I was lying. What's I the was... fastest you could do if you had a spare cylinder? Probably like three or four, because you got to pull the gate down, pull the yeah. pin, drop it out, throw, slap the new cylinder in there. Can I the practicing that though? Like. Mm, mm. <laughs> But I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's a fun little gun to shoot, right? It's cheap because it's twenty two. So, but yeah, reloading it is obviously unloading and reloading is a pain in the butt. But yeah. it was st- it was still fun to shoot, and obviously not not expensive. Um, the other gun I got I mentioned last week that I shot already was the there we go, ten folio stock two extreme. So this is going to be my official uh, production gun for when the matches come back. So um, I haven't got to, I haven't had a chance to shoot at a match yet, but I've just been dry fire practicing with it. Um, it's, I mean, in terms of feel for dry fire, it's, it's similar to a, a, a shadow two, which was, I was using. The only thing I noticed is that the beaver tail is, is larger on this. Like it, it protrudes, mm. you know, a little bit, longer out uh so i found that i had i was i was moving my hand back a little bit because i was like tearing up my palm like grabbing it like nailing the uh the beaver tail so it was just an adjustment and getting my hand back a bit do those use the same mags as the the cz 75 or are they a little bit different um or the shadow i think the i think these mags work in shadow twos but the shadow two mags don't work and these ones are not work perfectly mm. so i have i haven't really i'm, I'm going to try that and, and report back for next week but uh that's the way i understood it that the tanfolio mags work in the shadow two but the shadow two mags don't work in the in the town folio so mm. okay. um and i had mentioned i had already like it came with four mags and i bought two more and then i bought the uh like the couple of extra uh base uh base pads for it Nice. And, uh, these are the Eric Kafal one who doesn't even like. Uh, I guess he's not even a sponsored shooter by with them anymore. But they still <laughs> sell them at base mags. Um, what else? I didn't do any uh, reloading. Um, that's really it for me. I'm like, I'm obviously dying to get to a match, and like I said, I hopefully it's going to be. <laughs> A month or less before we get going again, right? Because it's Not tough. Less. <laughs> you guys are still going up. Your 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 uh, graph still still kind of looks like this. <laughs> I I honestly try not to pay attention, but you know. Anyways, <laughs> how about how about you, Kyle? Well, I got uh, digging into the Gersan, and I have a table 
full of parts and pieces to go through. So there's a the table. It's not, don't actually see the full table there, but go to this camera and start kind of comparing. Cause I got uh, Benelli M2 that has been mid work for a while here, but uh, I tore it apart too. Well, even more to kind of compare and see what the, the differences are between them. So start off with the whole receiver. And the whole receiver is actually quite a bit longer. Hmm. Yeah. Including the recall tube. So if we line them up right at the back, the recall tube is longer. And that's actually yeah. something very significant later on. That's one of the biggest things with this Gersan that I think is actually really interesting. And also to note, these are both three inch guns. So both three inch guns, but the receiver on the Gersan is longer, which could aid with your reloads. Mm -hmm. uh, your trigger group. Uh, while the actual carrier for the trigger group is slightly different, the trigger groups themselves are near identical. It's the same function. In fact, I'm pretty sure even the hammers themselves, they're the, they're the same hammer, same sear. And so... Yep. Like they, they're identical even for your lifter. Your lifter action rod there, it's identical. So this is the this is the Gersan here, and then this is the Benelli. And they they are near identical. Um a little bit different for your uh, shell drop. Just uh shell drop on the Gersan's a little bit shorter, but still mm -hmm. essentially the same thing. So do the, do the extractors look the same? You know, one of the things with the M3K. Sometimes oh. they don't extract, and then people just go throw a Benelli extractor in there, and it works. I'm wondering if if that would be something to fix on these ones. Well, I do have the bolts, and like I have pretty much the entire gun of both guns here ready to show. So <laughs> we'll go with the bolts. So the extractor itself is identical. Ah, good. If you wear it out or if you break it or something like that, I guess you could use a Benelli one. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess time tested to see if it's the same as the Stoger and you have to put a Benelli one in there. But so that is one part that would be interchangeable. Pretty much everything else on the bolt, though, is not. So your bar for actuating your recoil is yeah. longer on the Gersan. And okay. for your uh, bolt rotation for going into lock on the Benelli, that rotation's done in your carrier. With the Grissan, I didn't pull the bolt because it's actually, unlike the Benelli where it's just a nice pin you can pull out, uh, it's actually a roll pin holding your firing pin in. Um. So, But your breech pin is stationary on the Grissan, and the bolt itself is cut for your bolt lock. So that's... Opposite. I, I would prefer to my use A5. the carrier than the bolt to achieve the rotation, but that's me. Yeah, on my A5 is the same thing, and the M3500 is the same as well. The rotation's on the bolt rather than on the carrier. Yeah. Uh, one really nice thing with the Gersan that the Benelli doesn't have is you can ghost load it from the factory. You can't so ghost load the, a Benelli from the factory? Nope. So you'll see there's a little bit of a weld... Right there, there's a second notch. Mm -hmm. So on the Benelli, you actually have two stages on your lifter. So if you, for anybody who doesn't know 
ghost loading is you blowed one in your chamber you got a magazine tube full and then you throw a shell down on the lifter it's not in the magazine it's not in the chamber and then your first cycle it loads that round hmm. with the benelli when you go to well with any shotgun when you go to put the bolt forward your lifter automatically lifts at a certain point and it's these notches on the bottom of the bolt that achieve that that comes into contact and that's your action bar it mates up with this and that's what mm -hmm. gets your lifter uh, to come up yeah. and if you find uh what was it the bredas were really bad for that benelli's can be bad for that too and unlike the breda the benelli you just hammer your uh bolt handle forward give it some force and it pops it free there's something with the geometry there that it once in a while does bind up on these semi-autos that have that uh, Remington Versamax has the exact same thing as well. Uh, but like the Breda, it, it locks it pretty solid when it does that. So if I ever got my hands on one again, I'd use a lot of work to try and figure that out. But uh, back to the Grissan and that. The Benelli, when you push the let the bolt go forward and your lifter comes up, you push the lifter down. And on any on most shotguns, it stays down as the bolt continues to travel forward, which allows you to put the shell on the lifter and ghost mm -hmm. load. With the Benelli, it's got a second notch here. Like I've welded this one. So you can either weld it or you can totally soften that out, not have the hard edge. And then that eliminates the second stage. So a factory Benelli, if you let that bolt forward a little bit, push the lifter down and continue, it'll try lifting that lifter again. A second time hmm. so i don't know why they did that at that point it's already too far forward for a shell to get in to the chambers so that's something nice on the grissan you can go slow it from the factory unlike the benelli but the benelli is an easy fix uh barrels so we've looked at the extractors the extractors are identical uh barrels are similar I thought this could be an interesting feature, but it doesn't line up with what I was thinking. But uh, one thing on the Grissan I'm not a fan of, we'll see how the longevity is, is the ejector. Hmm. So, um, like, say the Remington, I would say this is more similar to a Remington 1100, except for this ejector is actually replaceable. Unlike the 1100, which I believe it's actually more or less welded in there as a part of the receiver. Mm -hmm. So, uh, light, it's, it's a pin in there and it's a little hook right in there that that is what uh, accomplishes your ejection. Is it spring loaded at all or is it just? Yes, it is. Yeah, okay. it is spring loaded, yeah. but it's just a, a you can kind of see it there. It just comes to yeah. a point. So, I will see on the longevity. I can see that wearing out. Like that was one problem on the 1100s. They wear out over time. Whereas the Benelli, it doesn't have that sharp point. It is literally just a cylinder. It's just a little pin in here. And it is spring loaded as well. But mm -hmm. I, I can say that doesn't wear out. That Benelli behind me has been seven years of seven or eight years of three gun competition and it still ejects no problem. 
So we'll have to see the longevity of having that style of ejector in there. Um, Do the barrels fit each other's receivers? No. They, um, uh, well, because with it being longer. Oh, yeah, yeah. So see there, I've lined up where yeah. they lock and yeah okay. it's longer so they they're not interchangeable mm, and good. even where your hand guard goes we'll still line it up with the receiver and massive difference too. yeah we were talking a little a little bit earlier i wonder if they've got some parts on there that are from the uh the weatherby element because i know some of the turk uh guns uh use the sa08 weatherby uh shotgun like clone clone like I, I took a buddy of mine had the SA08 uh, piston for light loads and I popped one of those in one of my partisans and it ran fine and it was like a perfect mm. fit. Okay. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it's a Turkish gun and I know I mentioned it last week about the two-piece shell catch, but I've pulled it out and I got factory Benelli one here to, to show. So this is a factory Benelli one-piece shell catch. Mm-hmm. And so normally I just hollow out hollow grind that out there just for easier loading. Uh, a lot of guys will bend them and whatnot, but if you start bending it, you, it, you're going to have to go back and do it again and again. And again, there's other ways to achieve easier loading than having to do that. And then this is the two piece. So that moves independently of yep. the rest of the, uh, the rest of the shell catch, which is nice. You just, Grind down that, smooth out that lip, lip there. You can cut half to a coil off this spring in other two-piece lifters or catches, sorry. And it makes it really nice and easy to load. Hmm. I think that's uh, one thing that I haven't done on my three-gun shotgun that I'd like to do is just get that that click a little bit lighter. And mind yeah. you, uh, I think the, the the some of the Benelli M4s, like that shell catch is crazy tight. Yeah. Um, and when I was saying there's other stuff you can do, like you can hollow out just the end of that just a little bit. It won't be centered. Mm-hmm. So it, with your gun, take a dummy round or whatever and see where that curve of the shell lines up with that shell catch because it won't be center of that shell catch. Uh, another mm-hmm. thing is when you're doing your your load port, do this because it doesn't have a mag tube on there. So your shell catch would go on this side. You, what you can do is hollow out the opposite side in the receiver where it goes into the mag tube to give that shell some place to go instead of trying to bend past that uh, shell catch. Hmm. So you can uh, do a little grind on the opposite side so that, you know, like you said, you give your shell, you're still going to be bent. You still want touching the shell catch and you don't want to do it too much because otherwise you'll just spit shells out of that. And now your, your shotgun is useless. But that's something else you can do to make it easier to load. Hmm. Uh, I got the bolt handles. The Grissan bolt handle is actually pretty good. And that's good because I don't know if anyone's going to be making an oversized one for it. Because hmm. it's hmm. a flat bar style like that. I believe the 1301 or maybe it was Weatherby that was similar. But then they have this enlarged tube down here. And for reference, I have a... Uh, Benelli, it's not a factory Benelli, but it's got the anti-rotation cut out there, and it's just a pin. So very different bolt handles. Uh, One thing with this, and I might do it, is just soften up the edges, because it is fairly 
fairly sharp and in competition, you could probably get your hand pretty good on that. Um, the next thing is actually the biggest thing I find most intriguing and I can't wait to actually test the shotgun out. So remember what I was saying with the recoil tubes, the recoil tube on the Grisan is actually quite a bit longer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and these are the pins. So this goes in your receiver, your bolt comes up against those. Top is the Grisan. So it's actually shorter. So remember, longer tube, shorter action bar, we'll call it, than the Benelli. Uh, the Grisan does have this plug that sits right behind your your nut but so here is the bottom the, sh the sh silver spring is the grisan the top one is a factory benelli spring hmm. so i'm really intrigued on this and i actually have a reduced power one i keep it in the bag so i don't mix up my springs but mm -hmm. And it's about three quarters of an inch to an inch shorter than a factory Benelli spring, but still about an inch longer than the Grisan spring. Yeah. yeah. So it makes me really intrigued. I think I think you'd probably be able to run eleven hundreds out of the Grisan, no problem with this recall spring. Because you know, it's, think, um, um, it's so short and then it's in that longer recall tube. Because I I was looking at it, trying to see, okay, well, why, how do they get a short spring? And everything I looked at says it should be longer, but it's not. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just looking online. You were saying the receiver's longer. I'm like, I wonder if there's a three and a half inch version and they just use one version of the receiver. There yeah. is a three and a half inch yeah. version of the MC31235. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I wonder if yeah. they just make them the same and they're just like, eh, why would we make two receiver sizes? We'll just make this one. That's, this <laughs> that's possible, but that no, recall spring still got me really intrigued because I, I think that it's a low recoil inertia driven shotgun out of factory, which mm, for less than five for about five hundred bucks, which yeah. tuned tuned up uh, with some goodies on it would it be like eight hundred nine hundred. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to do much. Like I'm going to do the load port on this, uh, tune up the shell catch and. Put on a oversized bolt release. Uh, he wants me to look see if I can get a oversized safety put in there, but it'll take some Dremel work. But uh, one interesting thing, I like. There's not many for interchangeable parts, but if you had the money and you wanted, because this is one thing that the Benelli has. Does it have chokes? Mobile yeah. mobile chokes? Mobile chokes, right? Uh what are these? I miss mobile chokes. I didn't even pull the chokes, but. Yeah, they know it. They most, they most of the, yeah, most of the Turkish guns uh, use mobile. Do they come with a set? Uh, I would imagine so. I just got the gun. It's Buddy's gun that he gave uh, me to see. to work on. I I don't I own do. it. <laughs> but well, like so. like the the your you, you, the just the vein you're on right now, like three gun semi auto shotguns are super expensive. If you get like a hat sand or something like that, you're gonna break it. They they just don't last. Oh. But yeah. an inertial that has a couple key parts that sh that shares with the Benelli, like the extractor, mm. that kind of thing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah I will. Uh, I'll pull that choke and I'll get back to you on that, on which pattern the the choke is. I mean, yeah. he's got a full choke in there right now, but I didn't even think to pull the choke yet. If it comes with a set, it's probably yeah. fine. Yeah. But 
So the one really nice thing and what makes the M2 so nice to shoot and a, the gun that I'll put up against any gas gun out there for fat, for felt recoil is their comfort tech stock. Mm-hmm. And I was curious, can we do this? And if you had the money and you were so inclined and a little bit of dremeling, <laughs> you could huh. put a comfort tech stock on your Gersan. Huh. But take a little bit of dremeling just to blend it in if, unless you don't care about that. But I was wondering with the longer recall too, but no, you can still get the nut in there and get your shim so you can get it canted the right way uh, and everything for you. So nice. that's one interchangeable part that could actually really change that gun. Yeah. So what's in the comfort tech stock that makes it different than the uh, 312? Well, most socks like this is a sock for the 312 it's just solid polymer mm-hmm. the comfort tech has all these rubber chevrons on it mm-hmm. so they are a pain like, when i seracote i gotta pop pop them all out and they are fun to pop out but they're literally holes and they're rubber inserts and i it's net for as far as semi-auto shotguns go it's an engineering marvel because like i said mm-hmm. it takes an inertial shotgun and brings it down to gas guns, gun belt recoil. It's, wow. It's, it's, an, it's an engineering marvel. I don't know how they come up with that, but it, it works. Huh. And that's basically my initial look at the Grissan. Oh, very cool. Wanted to dig in there and just... The, the one I'm really interested in is that recoil that recoil is once i get once i get the uh, load port done on it then i will take it out to the range and i I even have some ultra ultra light loads like they don't even measure them in dram or or anything like it's the it's a gram weight i can't even remember what it is but they're like powder puff loads Hmm. (laughs) we'll see how it does on the 1100 feet per second loads and we will try some of those and I can get it. Not that it would work in a semi, but if it would cycle like a two and a half. Yeah. Or the, like, I know a lot of semis like the uh, one and an eighth and they won't, they won't run super reliably with one in one ounce. If they could run one ounce, if they're going to run seven, eight well, ounce. If like with a Benelli or even like, well, the M3K has a different recoil spring, but uh, what else that, uh, the Benali, anyways, I put in that TTI reduced power recoil spring. I mm-hmm. can run 1100 one ounce, no problem. Huh. I can run them all day long. And that's with that recoil spring, I think you can run that because that would be what I do. That I put this recoil spring in a Benelli, and yeah, I can run those one ounce, 1000, 1100 foot per second loads all day long. And mm. I did that for a while, but then you get heavy plates. So I just went back to ounce and an eighth on stuff. Well, there was one year I was going to a match with probably four or five different types of shotgun ammo because I was like, oh, well, if it's all clays, I'll just shoot these little 1,100 feet per second. I can really rip on them and mm-hmm. oh, heavier plates. So, okay, I'll get that ounce and an eighth, and then I'd have my uh, prairie storm for spinners and <laughs> and slugs. And, yeah. I think that'd be fine for an Ipsic match, for a three-gun match. Oh, it got to be too much. It 
yeah. <laughs> carrying all this different ammo and trying to decide, well, I could do that. And now you're playing with chokes too. And <laughs> it just got to be too much. So yeah, too much extra stuff to worry about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So moving on, I'm actually thinking about getting an Oculus VR setup. Hmm. Because there is a new, we'll call it game out. Well, it was announced last year and I guess it's out now. It's called VR Practical Shooting. I've heard and, of it, yep. And so you on that, you're supposed to be able to run stages, but also build stages. Oh, so, okay. Oh. Yeah. oh. Build stages and then practice running through them. So I'm wondering if that's not a viable option for designing stages and whatnot. What's it called uh, again? VR Practical Shooter. It was going to come out on Steam, but I went looking the other day and all I found was the desktop version. So oh, it does not Quest too. Reality. Uh, my kid's got a Quest too. I wonder oh, if yeah? I'm going to buy my first game to put on it. <laughs> I really like the idea of, I don't, like, I would never shoot VR uh, practical shoot. I, I, I want to shoot like Tarkov. I want to shoot people yeah. in, in VR. If, if I'm going to go into fantasy, <laughs> I'm going to be some like Russian, Russian eating uh, fish out of a can and, and shooting people with an AK, but uh, for, for building a stage and proofing it. Oh boy. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I got this other one. It's just practical shooting and uh, it's on steam. I checked it out, but that, that was very underwhelming. I mean, you, you could put your reload speeds and everything, but the guy didn't even shoot. And I started looking at the stage design. I just, yeah. So, my question to everybody is if anybody has VR and if anybody's checked out this VR practical shooting, let us know what your thoughts are on it. Cause I'm actually seriously looking at uh, checking it out and seeing uh, whether it's actually viable for that. I just sent you so, the link. If you can check it and let me know oh. if that's the one. Uh, yeah. My kid's got a quest too. I can buy that. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it was the Quest, out. not the uh, super high-end one, but uh, yeah. That's yeah, the, the game, Quest yeah. one's a cheap one. That's the one that runs its own graphics. You need like $1,000 graphics yeah. cards to run the stuff that connects to the yeah. PC. Yep, yeah, but yeah, it, VR practical shooting, that's it. Mm-hmm. So, okay. yeah. I guess I'll I'll try that. Okay, so Adriel's going to let me know <laughs> before I shell out like five $600 for a VR setup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and other than that, I... Posted registration January 1st for the shotgun match that I'm planning, which got me thinking about this VR thing and planning stages and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so I'm planning now. I think I figured out what I'm going to do for the barbecue dinner, but uh, I posted it in the event so I can talk more about it there. But yeah. Yeah. That's. You've you've tried SketchUp, right? For uh, for building stages. yeah, that's what I've been doing for for years. I I've, I've been using SketchUp. I have all the templates there. It's it's nice. I'm just thinking if I Slow. If you could proof the stage and and that then mm. that would be so much nicer. Like you'd probably still end up doing. It'd be interesting if it had a format that you could print it out so you can still put it on the matchbook. You might still be doing it on on uh, mm. SketchUp just for your matchbook, but. And that was what record. I was hoping. Hmm? Re- record walking through, not shooting, just walking the stage, just record well, yeah. it, screen grab it. With this age of digital matchbooks. Yeah. Yeah. Don't need, don't need to print it. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to take a look at the stage building capabilities on there. Yeah. 
Hmm. Cool. For sure. Uh, other than that, yeah. Adriel, how about you? Uh, I was over at a buddy's place for uh, for New Year's, and I got to handle the CF-98. Very mm. interesting pistol. Yes, yeah, so that's that Norinco, more modern, like 9mm pistol. Super small grip on it. Like, you, you can really grip that thing. Uh, the bumpers on the magazine are huge. They're, they're cool. like both, both sides. They're just massive. I, I put a picture up on my Instagram, and if, if you want to see what it looks like, just massive. Um, so the, the CF 98 rotating barrel, which is kind of neat. Um, try to think of so other like things. the, of uh, what is it? The Excalibur, what who makes that the, um, sorry. Yeah. One of the Excaliburs had a rotating barrel as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, rotating barrel, uh, the sites, the, the, it's a three dot site and the dots are tiny. They're just little pinpoints on there i don't really like that part um trigger was fine so it's a hammer fired gun uh the safety the safety is also a decocker and it's so tight like um i was thinking this thing would be a good like ladies or youth gun just because of the size of the grip was so nice and small but the the safety decocker is so hard to use maybe you could get after it with a file or something like that i guess i will at some point but uh yeah, interesting from that perspective. Um, feels good. Like like some of the Norinco guns are um, made as fast as they can, and it shows. And it's like the the fit and finish is just garbage on them. And then some of the other ones, like this this one, is very close to what they what they use as like a standard production pistol there. So I'd imagine they just have this one, and it, they just use a different barrel for it. So the, hmm. the fit and finish of it is actually fine. Is it hard to use because you're like trying to work your thumb into the into the gap is that what the for the safety and decocker yeah it's just a lot of pressure you got to put a lot of oh it's more the actual weight of it okay yeah yeah you're gonna push it is it down or up no it's up you have to push it up to decock it and put safety uh, on that's weird i don't like that i kind of like the like as much as i don't like the sig 226 like the decocker on it is just fantastic yeah, for that a is soccer. really nice yeah yeah the, the length of travel of it the fact you catch the hammer with the decocker it feels like you do you're not really doing yeah. it but it feels like it like boy <laughs> yeah. like that that whole experience is fantastic whereas this one was like uh, pushing it up and clicking <laughs> you know yes yeah, not great from that perspective but uh for 250 bucks ooh, yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah i just had a look yeah those base pads are wide <laughs> i was looking at yeah <laughs> you like, like i've got large hands i guess and and i would pinch my pinky with that one which which happens with some other guns as well that aren't like large competition guns but uh yeah you'd pinch your pinky you have to go pinkies out when you reload it otherwise you'll <laughs> catch him <laughs> catch him eating there he's out pinky's out pinky's out laces out laces out yeah. uh is that so like english another. shooting you gotta get the pinky out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fancy shooting yes <laughs> you're refined <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, post match tea. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then also while I was at my, at my uh, buddy's house, I uh, I grabbed this off of him. Uh, this is the Gray Birch Parka. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. So um, I've got a couple of a couple of twenty twos that have uh, threaded muzzles. Which, what the heck do you do with that in Canada? Do you put a a suppressor on? Like you can't put a suppressor on there. You won't put a brake on there because that's dumb. You put like a flash hider on there. You get a specialty aluminum fire spreader thing that doesn't really do anything. Or at least this thing's light. This is mm. so this is like their 
carbon fiber. It, it looks like a mini suppressor, but actually this is completely smooth on the inside here. So it's not a cup. It's not going to reduce the sound of it. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, just a tube, huh? just a carbon fiber yeah. tube. I love their That's description really nice. on the website of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was this thing again? Maybe it'll work. I don't know. <laughs> Something yeah. like that. Maybe it's useless. Whatever. If you like it, you like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I so um, I've got that that ISSC uh, has a threaded muzzle. I've got uh, a couple of gray birches. I might try it on those just to just to see if I like how it looks. Because <laughs> uh, it's surpri- surprising. Like the, on the gray birches, the little uh, uh, thread protector is like steel, and it's like kind of actually kind of heavy. So I wouldn't mind replacing it with something, even something mm-hmm. that looked cool. Uh, so maybe that maybe it'll be that. Uh, I'm reviewing one of these. You're like, oh, big deal. It's like, uh, you know, one to six or something like that. But this is a Swarovski uh, Z8i. Uh, okay. Yeah, so it's a uh, it's a pricey uh, one to six, and it's not even one to six because uh, when you get we get to one, there's like a click there, and then if you want to, well, you, you can go a little bit more. Mm. One? How about point seven five? You want to oh, see more? Uh... Point yeah. seven five, interesting. Point seven five. So you can just be like, no, more, please. <laughs> more, please. <laughs> I'd like some more. Yeah, it's kind of odd. Now uh, th- uh, that aside, yeah, the glass on is fantastic. I don't know how much gla- how, how good a glass you really need for for a six x uh, scope like this. Uh, the illumination on this thing is so fancy. I c- I can hardly believe it. So it's got like a, a lo- illuminated uh, circle and dot. Um, the dot is very nice and fine, and if you uh, tilt it to the side, the dot turns off or up or anything like that. Dot turns off automatically. Mm-hmm. So not good for uh, urban prone. No, you wouldn't want to use it urban prone. No, it's uh, <laughs> I don't think they had that in mind. This is probably for uh, <laughs> fancy hog hunters in Europe yeah. uh, who like who want like the best stuff on on their hog hunting rifle and not for. Chaz uh, uh, savages who uh, who shoot <laughs> under cars and on top of uh, and like shooting the dirt and the mud. <laughs> uh, I don't think I don't think we're the target market for this. Yeah. But, no, uh, no. <laughs> so it's interesting that that right on your throw lever, the well, call it the throw lever for your illumination. Uh, yeah, right here. Okay, so it's a dial got, in there. Uh, in there. So that's that's your your day or night on there, and then you have plus or minus uh, up here to actually set the brightness of it. So you can hmm. go to your uh, oh no, it's kind of dark in here, I guess. So you go to night, night time, and then I can crank it up to where I want it, uh, right there, and then I can turn it off, and it'll just remember that setting. So the next time I turn it on nighttime, it'll it'll be on to the nighttime setting or similar to daytime. So when it came out of the box, the daytime was like not bright enough for bright snowy winter garbage out here like it was so i had to like crank it up but uh very what's, fancy illumination what's mm. the reticle like in that uh it is uh three thick post and then thin on the inside and then the circle is illuminated and the dot in the middle is illuminated as well okay so no subtensions no subtensions no I don't know that, that that you would want subtensions on a one to six, except for three gun, right? For yeah, three gun, yeah. Well, I'm thinking three yeah. gun, and yeah, I want the subtensions. Yeah, but yeah. For cool for close in hog hunting or something like that. I'm not yeah. sure you would want. Oh, you know, I got to show you the uh, this fancy pants uh, uh, turrets here. You can actually so on the side there, you can see that 
you can set the zero and you can pull it up and rotate it. So if you want to change the zero uh, nice. on the side there, you can do that. Hmm. Toolless. Boop. Yep. Toolless zero change. Nice. Yeah. Sounds great, dude. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, nice solid clicks. <laughs> Satisfying <laughs> clicks. Yeah. For the price yeah. of it, you'd want solid clicks out of it. Yeah. 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 Had some. It's like, was that a click or was that a dozen clicks? <laughs> <laughs> It's not so much a click as a just a smushy, yeah, <laughs> gravelly, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I'm working on that. It's, and the the box is like so nice. Like you like you open it up. It's like oh, it's oh cool. wow, fancy. So you can get some artwork, paint. cut that off, frame it, and wow, <laughs> you throw it in the garbage. You're like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah. good> <laughs> <laughs> wait yeah. a minute, you used to throw out your scope boxes. All the all the the manuals are all fancy and whatnot. I was at my buddy's place. You wouldn't like. He has so many uh, cases and boxes. They're just like yeah. stacked up like a hoarder. <laughs> like like I, yeah. I buy as many guns as he does, but uh, my stuff, you know, gets thrown out or yeah, I throw my stuff yeah. away. Yeah, I throw out the boxes that guns come in. Not like the Benelli comes in with a plastic case. I never use that case, but I keep that. To yeah. keep my scope boxes, mm. <laughs> I don't know. I've, why, I've but... kept all my pistol cases. Like I, I never use them, but I I've keep kept, the stuff. Them. I, I oh yeah, that I keep those. Yeah, the plastic yeah. cases. They're up in the shelf yeah. in the back room. You'll <laughs> never, you'll never use them. You might use it when no, you sell it. No. You have to mail it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even then, you could probably just put it in a carpet box. Yeah, I'm mailing you your gun. It doesn't come with a box. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh did a bit of maple seed scheduling. Maple seed. Uh, meeting as well so we're, we're setting that up and then uh on last week's show spencer mentioned fat man and i saw it coming up on amazon prime and decided to watch it very good very funny yeah. i would say it's like accurate on super accurate on guns or anything like that but uh very good hmm. okay uh, so adriel recommended or adriel approved Hunter Gear I may have had a couple of wobbly pops when I watched it, but <laughs> it's, <not> very <laughs> it's a drinking show. Help. Okay, got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or if you're in Canada, it could be a weed show. Could be a weed <laughs> show. Yeah. Why is that legal now? <laughs> so yeah. funny story on that, Mo. <laughs> I was kidding, of course. <laughs> no, I, I actually have a funny story on that. Okay, the day it was legalized in Canada. I was at home yeah. working in those downstairs in my office and my landlord called me and well, before that I, I was down there working and had smelt this smell and it smelled like weed kind of half jokingly to myself. Well, what did midnight strike in the entire city of Grand Prairie light up because it, it reeked like weed. <laughs> well, after about an hour of work and my landlord calls me and she's, do you have anything that can take care of a skunk? Uh. <laughs> of course I do. And that makes a lot of sense now. Her two dogs had rounded up a skunk. And uh, skunk I <laughs> got to go shoot a skunk that day, and then she had it buried before I could get a hold of a taxidermist to stuff it. But <laughs> <laughs> I thought that story was going somewhere else. <laughs> no, it just it it's not really Skunks. a great story, but it's and that's my memory of when le- weed was legalized in Canada. <laughs> I thought I thought like a whole bunch more of my neighbors were going to smoke up, but actually it was about the same as before. No yeah. difference. Still smoking out in the open and uh, and really no difference at all. 
All right, let's get on to some gun stuff. Upcoming events. Upcoming events are sponsored by Telos Alpha. Telos Alpha is a Canadian digital agency that works exclusively in the firearms vertical. They help with business processes, strategic planning, websites, e-commerce, and battling the stigma the industry carries with banks, merchant processors, and social media. Learn more at telosalpha.com. Events. Uh, Lintic Tacticals Shotgun Mania Challenge will be August 26th to 28th. Registration is live on practice score. $275 match fee includes all meals, breakfast, lunch, barbecue, dinner Saturday, meet and greet, Friday night, massages. It's all included in there. Massages? Maybe not the last one, not the last one there. Yeah. Uh, maybe if you right, find the right person, maybe. <laughs> ask nicely. Uh, free camping on site with uh, community fire pit and beverage center. Open after shooting is done for the day. Uh, anything else to mention about that? Uh, what's your cap? Do you have a cap on that? No, 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 no cap. No, like I said before, uh, we routinely do 300 person matches there for sporting clays. Yeah, action shooting is a little bit different, but we, if I'm not going to turn people away, if we get 300 people, I will be absolutely ecstatic. I'll be happy if we get my, my, what I would really like to see is 100, but you know, it's going to be lots of shotgun action, lots of different stuff, Ipsic esque. So we're going to be basically following Ipsic rules. It's not a sanctioned Ipsic match, which means we're going to throw on some stuff that may not be Ipsic legal, like mm. Texas stars, death stars, golf cart runs. Mm, nice. But 18 stages of action shotguns uh, stages, and we're actually going to follow the Ipsic, well, try and stick as close to the Ipsic uh, layout for short, medium, long stay with that ratio and yeah go get registered or a three gun match that weekend so yeah guys go get registered for that it'll be an awesome weekend like said basically you don't need to worry about food you're going to be fed you're not going to walk away hungry so we're already trying figuring out the barbecue supper for saturday night and i'm thinking gonna do brisket a lot of work Very but nice. we got lyle there that's going to give me a hand and can watch the smokers while i'm running around so thinking thinking that nice yeah all right uh the bc three gun championship date has been posted and registration is live on practice score the match is july 30th to 31st and the match fee is 150 dollars <laughs> and they're calling it hell or high water match and it gets it's happening <laughs> it's happening hell or high water <laughs> those are both a risk in bc <laughs> yes <laughs> what's, what city is that in uh, that's in uh, lone butte outside of 100 mile house okay yeah. okay yeah it's like 10 minutes outside of 100 mile house yeah i forgot to put that How in far there is that from prince george that's like another hour or two down the way isn't it uh, from prince george yes i think it's an hour or two like a couple hours i think yeah. Just trying to think. Um, no, I think it's actually like three hours. I can't remember. It's been so long since they had a match there, like two years. <laughs> well, COVID is kind of. Uh, yeah, it's been a, COVID. Yeah. Oh, the fastest way for me isn't even through Prince. Well, of course, it's not through Prince George. Geez, no, it's way far south of there. Okay. Eight and a half hours. That's not bad. Yeah. See, I got, well, I can go. I can either go through Dawson or go through Jasper, and either way, I ended up going through Prince George. So, 
Prince George is seven and a half hours, just an hour longer. Practically the same. <laughs> Neat. All right. Uh, we've got no news this week. CCFR legal fund donations. If you're looking for a way to help the CCFR fund a massive upcoming court battle, you can do that by uh, try also entering to win a cool neon sign for the man cave or lady lair. I like the uh, gender neutral language there or mm-hmm. not neutral, inclusive, inclusive yes, language inclusive, that, that's yeah. there. Every $10 donation using this link gets you an entry and that's at firearmsright.ca forward slash sign underscore contest. And help uh, now is more important than ever to become a member and donate by sending an EMT to finance at firearmsrights.ca. Uh, New Gun Stuff. New Gun Stuff is sponsored by Bolt Action Coffee. Slamfire Radio is a brand ambassador for Bolt Action Coffee. They make coffee in small batches, and you can get it by going to boltactioncoffee.com and using discount code SLAMFIRE. New Gun Stuff. I don't know if you guys have seen any of these, but there have been some developments this week. I don't know if it's... Is it SHOT Show? Is SHOT Show coming up quick? It's coming up quick, yeah. I think within Mm. another... I think a week away? These might be like pre-releases to like whet the appetite of the market. Uh, the first Savage. one is that uh, Savage is releasing their A17 in WSM. Mm. I'm excited about that. I like that cartridge. 17 I don't WSM. like WSM. Uh-huh. So uh, it's the 27 mm-hmm. caliber nail blank, which is bigger than mm-hmm. the 22 right. or whatever seven, whatever other nail blanks use. This was like when Rimfire was so hard to find. They're like, oh, we can't keep up. What about the, the what about the 27 caliber nail blanks? Okay, let's make a cartridge out of that. And they made this mm. 17 WSM and it is a cracker. Um, I really like the cartridge. I didn't like the Savage B mag, uh, a Savage A17 WSM. Now I'm interested. See, I just don't like the 17s because they're so hard to clean the barrels. Even with a boar snake, yeah. they they are a pain in the butt to clean. Yeah, yeah, they are they are that, but they're so fast and so flat, and like there's no recoil, and you murder gophers with those things. They just <laughs> rip them apart. You do not need all the power, but mm, boy, is it nice. Bye bye gopher. Bye bye gopher. Yep, or whatever. Like if you're gonna go squirrel hunting, nah, squirrels you see close up though. You're not gonna shoot a squirrel at like a hundred yards. So. I've actually haven't heard of the 17 WSM. Well, maybe I have, but never looked at it. How does that relate to the, uh, uh, was it HMR? HMR? 17, HMR, yeah. Bigger, faster. I've got a yeah. 17 WSM versus HMR article on my website that talks about like, uh, ballistics and whatnot. It's like, it's got some distance over it okay. without going okay. to like, uh, like, uh, what's the 17 Hornet if you wanted to go like center fire over top of that. But like these ones are still cheap. The 17 WSM ammo is still uh, relatively inexpensive. Okay. Uh, Smith and Wesson has a new pistol called the CSX. And it's uh, a bit, a bit odd. It's a bit of an odd pistol. Uh, let me see if I can share my screen here. Chrome tab. That guy right there. Uh, you're looking at it, you're Ooh. like, oh, that's wow. odd. <laughs> it's that, like Smith uh, & Wesson has this shield, which is like a uh, their striker-fired, like a super compact. This is a single-action super compact. Single. So you have to use a safety. Yep. yep. With, uh, like, looks like two-and-a-half, three-inch barrel. Very tiny. 
Yeah. yeah. Not legal bad. in Canada, but no, we're not going to oh, go no, Canada. I just like looking at this stuff because it's like, wow, yeah. that's that, funny. That is interesting looking. Yeah. I mean, I like the shield. The shield is like really small and, and compact, yeah. single stack, that kind of thing. Uh, this guy, 10 plus one rounds, 12 plus one rounds with the uh, grip extension. Very small, micro compact. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then this one just came out today, so I didn't find any good articles or anything like that on it, but, uh, the Vortex Razor HD Gen 3 6 to 36 scope is, uh, 6 to 36, out. okay. Uh, I don't mm. know if it's out. It's been announced. Uh-huh. Um, 4,000 US. Woo. Steep MSRP. Yeah. Oh, 4,000 uh, US. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, it's cool scope, six to thirty six. That's a that's a pretty high magnification range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and decent. Uh, I think I saw the uh, adjustment on it, so it's got more on the elevation than on windage. It's got, I think it's with thirty mils or so, thirty like more than thirty, thirty five or something like that for elevation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, some decent elevation out of it. And that's all the new gun stuff. Let's get on to the main topic. And with us today is Zach from Armalytics. Welcome to the show, Zach. Thanks for having me. So uh, maybe you just for our listeners who haven't heard of uh, Armalytics, let us know a, a little bit about like what is it and uh, and how did it come about? Yeah, so uh, my name is Zach Whittemore. I'm the creator of Armalytics.ca. And essentially what it is, is it's a web application that people can use to search and explore the uh, Canadian firearms reference table. So on there, there's some tools to filter by action, legal classification, all, all sorts of things. And then you can also just do a free form search for any firearm that might be out there. Yeah, and it works pretty good. I've, I, I've used it to, uh, to look for a couple of guns as, as people ask uh, yeah. a couple <laughs> of times. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting because there are, um, there are lots of variants on there. I don't think a lot of people have like looked at the, look at the FRT data before. And so there's there's guns in there where it's like, oh, I thought that why is that one showing restricted? I thought that one was uh, was non-restricted. But I'm yeah, there, the question there's a lot to today. lot to yeah, there's a lot to sift through for sure. Um, but uh, overall, I think that uh, you know to the to the credit, they did a pretty good job at keeping it organized, and it allows mm-hmm. it to be searchable to some degree. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's all sorts of things you can find in there. You know, I know we're going to talk about the pre-designations and reclassifications, but, you know, there is some positive to it. You can, you know, find uh, oddball calibers to a particular firearm you might be trying to collect or, or hmm. things like that. So there's all sorts of ways you can use it uh, to find information. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, the ones that I, that I saw that were like surprising was uh, the, the variants where they had short barrels and the, and the short barrel ones were restricted or prohibited. It's like, oh, that's why, because I've never seen those ones before, but yeah, the, the non-restricted the ones. International like sports shooting exemption or something for yeah, some of those. Yeah. 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 So yeah, there's exactly. lots, lots in there to learn about and, uh, and, and see. Yeah. So um, uh, let's maybe talk a little bit about the reason why you had to make this thing. So um, yeah. the SP were forced to release the FRT data because this was a, a secret government database that told you whether you were breaking the law or not. And we weren't allowed to access it because reasons. Um, <laughs> and then they were finally, they finally had to release it and they released it as a, how big is the PDF? Uh, it was almost 200 megabytes and was, and had about, you know, over a hundred thousand pages in, in a single wow. document. So 
you know, without some, you know, a special PDF software, uh, it's hard to open. And then once you open it, I mean, there's no way to, to, to search for anything meaningfully, right? You can mm -hmm. ser search for one keyword at a time. Uh, but good luck trying to find a particular Remington 700, right? Because there's how many different models of them out there, right? So um, it was, you know, pretty much useless <laughs> to the uh, average person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas your website, I mean, I've, I've found it, uh, super, super easy to use. It's got like, I don't know what you did with the search, but, uh, there's like a, a search as you go kind of a thing. So if you wanted to search for a gun over here, it starts doing some suggestions. So it's very easy to, to kind of find the gun, see what's up with it and, uh, uh, find out more information about this stuff. Super, super quick. That's fantastic. Yeah. So when it, uh, I guess, you know, like you mentioned, um, you know, for a while there, they weren't releasing it. Uh, I think a private citizen did go uh, to the courts and basically say, you know, uh, why can't this be released? And the information commissioner said uh, to the RCMP, you have to release it. And I think it was actually Ralph Goodall who who was trying to fight fight this, uh, as he said. But eventually they said release it in early 2019. And it took about a year for them to finally get it out. And uh, I think a lot of people were excited to, to see it. Um, and that's when I... Uh, wrote a program to take the data out of it and, uh, and put it into a database that we could actually search through, through a web application. Um, and, uh, so right now where it's at is, uh, the RCMP update this PDF every two weeks. Um, so it's not, uh, live, right. There are live versions, of the mm -hmm. FRT that businesses have access to and law enforcement have access to, but, uh, you know, it's better than nothing. So we do get an update every two weeks and the way the the site works is it just um, it looks for these updates every every day and uh, if it finds one, um, it, it pulls it down and then updates updates the site accordingly. Very yeah, nice. and, and yeah, so it great getting access to that stuff and then doubly great when we got that OIC and thousands of firearms on it and then all that mess trying to figure out what was legal what wasn't was was uh, was terrible. Yeah, for sure. So I, I think uh, yeah the public version was released in February. So this was well before, you know, we knew that the election had happened. We, there was an inkling that something was going to come down the pipe, but uh, uh, then May 1st is when, you know, the order and council came out and, uh, and uh, we got the first FRT update after that on, uh, I think May, May 7th. And, uh, and that's when it really, you know, the open, open things up and we could see what exactly had been reclassified at that point. Um, and so early on, Mostly everything that was named in the order in council, like the all the models that were the prohibited by name, were were reclassified, and and then a whole host of other things started to be redesignated by the RCMP. Um, some of it was expected, things like the uh, like any cartridge that's going to put out more than uh, ten thousand joules of muzzle energy. Um, now, of, of course, you could say maybe with a smaller barrel, uh, it might not hit 10,000 joules for a particular cartridge. But mm -hmm. for the mo for the most part, every 460 Weatherby Magnum was redesignated to to prohibited. So that wasn't named in the OIC, but we kind of expected that that would start to happen. And so uh, over the course of May is when and June was when a lot of the updates took place. And so a lot of it was, um, you know, take, uh, putting all these uh, you know high energy cartridges to prohibited. But then there mm -hmm. was all the unnamed variants that started to happen. And, and these were, um, the RCMP was claiming that these were variants of AR-15s and AR-10s uh, that were not mentioned by name in the order in council, but um, they started to change their classification to prohibited. And, and that's where the kind of controversy really started. Yeah, so I think um, 
early on, I think on your website, I saw a pump action shotgun that had like a carry handle on it and I don't know, telescoping stop maybe. And, uh, that was designated an AR 15 variant. Yep. Um, there was a bolt action shotgun as well. The, uh, <laughs> the, the Adler B two ten. I don't know how common it was, but, uh, it was a bolt action that they said the upper was somehow an AR 10 upper or something. Wow. Uh, it's kind of hard to <laughs> see how that works, but, uh, so yeah. I actually have a question. We're on shotguns on, uh, being prohibited i thought the first one to be prohibited was actually a single shot shotgun i thought um maybe my memory is fuzzy but i think they called it a single shot well the the strange thing with the eight gauges is that um so i know there was the whole thing that came out about the the bore diameter on the shotguns Mm -hmm. and taking the Mm -hmm. choke tube out and whatnot and you know that was kind of a controversy for the 10 and 12 gauges but the eight gauge is you can't it is over 20 millimeters the bore diameter um, but after May 1st, all the eight gauges were just removed from the FRT. There was, they just disappeared. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I don't know if that was political because, you know, unlike the more kind of modern sporting style shotguns, uh, these are old school, very expensive, uh, you know, hunting shotguns, uh, that are eight gauge and they just were up and gone from the, uh, the FRT. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's incredible. So, yeah, um, that's Mike saying Ivor Johnson, I think that's where the one what what I remember seeing was the Ivor Johnson was like the first shotgun to show up as prohib. Yeah, yeah, there was that single shot, and then uh, I believe you know they, you had the Typhoon come out, uh, the Dira MK12, uh, and around the same time, that's when you had the uh, Alberta Tactical Rifle Supply, uh, the Modern Sporter, Modern Hunter, Varmint. Those were all redesignated as uh, along with the uh, Maccabee defense SLR uh, multi lower. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that all came out around June uh, and May of, uh, of 2020 without any notice to anybody. Yeah. And with uh, comments that uh, contradicted right. earlier <laughs> comments. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I have the exact wording here, but so, I mean, so I guess part of the, the goal of the site is to look for these changes and, and notify the, the, you know, the firearms community when they occur. Um, and so, you know, part of updating the site is I also have a program that looks for any new prohibitions, but we also look for any changes to the language in the FRT that might signal something up and coming or something, Mm. you know, suspicious. So, uh, in the case of those Alberta tactical rifle supply rifles and others, um, there are legal, there's a legal comment section in the FRT, which kind of give the RCMP gives its interpretation on why it made the classification or other important details. And, you know, they, they said things like, um, for those modern sporters, it says, I'll just read it exactly. It says, uh, it has a different system for mounting upper to lower receivers than either the AR-10 or AR-15. Uh, and then it goes on to say that it's not uh, a derivative of, of any of these. And, um, and that was just uh, removed from the, the FRT entirely after May 1st. Um, and so, you know, what, why did they do that? You know, I don't know if they're just trying to... <laughs> to remove some of the old, uh, old wordings. Uh, but there's another interesting example too, that was uh, brought to my attention. Um, and, uh, it was, we didn't find it in the English FRT, but in the French FRT, uh, once they brought it to my attention, I was able to find it. And, uh, it was for the Valmont Hunter. Now this is a, a firearm that has not been prohibited, but it is, you know, an AK variant and it's kind of exempted in a, and as a, it's a special case that maybe in the future would be targeted, uh, but in the Canadian law comments for that firearm, it says that it was 
uh, a common firearm used for hunting in northern communities and was distributed by the government, right? That's what it says. And oh. that was that was removed from the FRT. Now, I don't know what that means, but it's a signal that maybe there are other changes that are happening. And we look for those to, to see, okay, what firearms are, are, are they changing comments on? Because it could be an indication of something to come. Hmm. That's really interesting and not surprising that they're removing that stuff kind of trying to sweep stuff under the carpet like oh well this is how we were able to change our minds we never said that yeah i mean the, the whole point is that these aren't used for hunting right that's what they want to claim so if you have it in your frt that they were and again the hunter has not been prohibited and is not necessarily <laughs> i don't expect it to change until there's new legislation but um you know when, when you're saying that it's distributed by the government and is used for hunting it's hard to then uh, prohibit that because it's a deadly weapon, uh, you know, according to them, uh, if that's in the FRT. So, yeah. Huh. Um, so yeah, we look for those changes and, uh, and, and, and try to try to no- notify people when we, when we see those. Roughly how many firearms were added after the original, uh, pro- prohibition at the beginning of May or close to May? Yeah. So I'd say there's about kind of three categories of firearms that get redesignated or added as, as prohibited. So uh, one is going to be new AR-15s that come on the market. I mean, in the U.S., they're always making new models of AR-15s. And and so, you know, part of the mandate for the FRT is to, when the RCP finds new firearms, create an entry and add it. So we do see a lot of AR-15s that are added to the FRT, and they're going to be added as prohibited. Um you know, but they but they never would have come here anyways at this point. Well, not at this point. Or if yeah. they did, it would have in the past come in as a restricted AR-15. And then mm-hmm. the next category would be all the stuff like the, the muzzle energy stuff. Um, so that, after the FRT, added another 400 or so firearms to the prohibited list. Wow. Because it's, you know, the 460 Weatherby Magnum, the 408 Cheyenne Tactical, uh, 500 Nitro Express, like all those large <laughs> uh, high-emitting energy cartridges um, any, anything that had a, a configuration with that caliber. And these are all firearms that were sold in Canada at some point. Yeah. Almost all owned of in, them. Yeah. Okay. And, and it doesn't mean that the other calibers are prohibited. It just means that that, that one is de facto prohibited. It's not because of the caliber. It's because it's the energy, but, uh, yeah. for the most part, they just ban the entire, anything with that caliber they've, they've banned. That's how the RCMP have done it. And then the final category is the, the stuff that used to be non-restricted that gets changed. And that's the stuff that people are really interested in. And I'd say there's between uh, around 70 of those or around 50 of those that have been uh, either added. So some of them were in the FRT before May 1st and changed. Uh, A lot of the stuff we see now, we we don't really see stuff being changed. We just see stuff being added as prohibited. So that's uh, like the stuff that happened recently in December, Mm -hmm. Um, like the Sterling Arms, uh, the, what's the the name the uh, uh tsr, TSR. Yeah. um so and as well as the slr coyote finally got added now i know that that uses the maccabee lower so it was probably already prohibited but this makes it explicit if there was any legal argument to say well you didn't ban specifically this you, you know now that argument's gone and it's also i think tells law enforcement that you know if you're out shooting your coyote and you say, Oh no, it's, it's a coyote. And he looks in the FRT, doesn't find it. Maybe you'll, you'll get off, but now it's in there. So I think it is important that um, even though we kind of already knew it was banned, that it, it's important to know that it was added explicitly. Um, so those are two that happened uh, last month. And then uh, we also had the, another shotgun last month that was uh, that added one of those kind of modern shooting, uh, modern sporting style uh, shotguns. 
the AR variant that uses uh, <laughs> no direct injection or yeah. <laughs> no DI system. Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. And I think the, the my favorite is, is the, uh, is that Mossberg Plinkster, um, uh, you know, that, uh, that was, that was one back in 2020, but uh, that's the one that I, I still don't understand. and would love, would love an explanation for, because uh, as far as I know, it was just the action of the 702 uh, with a different stock around it. So the action is the mm-hmm. same. But we've seen that they are using the look uh, and the marketing as as reasons to consider it a variant. Oh yeah, the Blazer Twenty Two was a prime example of that. With the the AK Furniture one was prohibited, but the rest of them, same action, same everything. <laughs> yeah, same everything else. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it, it's it's strange, but uh, <laughs> what what can you do? So, and I think it's important that everybody knows that the FRT is is not law, right? I mean, um, that that is. Been, that precedent's been set, you know, in court, um, mm-hmm. but it, it obviously the decisions made and it do affect you, even though it's not law. Yeah, you'll still get charged. Yeah, providing because, the cop looks it up. Yeah, because it's the only resource the government has to to get a classification right. Like the government officials not going to look at the firearm and make the decision themselves. They're going to go consult the RCMP, and it's also used by border agents. So I, I'd say you know law enforcement and, and border agents are the two who, who use it the most, and it. It prevents stuff from being imported, right? Uh, without without an FRT, the mm-hmm. border agents won't let something into the country. But it also creates a lot of work because we're prohibiting stuff by name, not by function or physical status. It's just by name. So I imagine a lot of people in that side, whether border services or the verifiers for the RCMP, are probably really hating this right now too because, like I said, it's all by name, which, yeah. Yeah, it must be. It's 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 not a very efficient way of of doing it. No, but, uh, no. you could have a, do- a dozen firearms laid out, and they wouldn't be able to separate. Okay, these these six are prohibited, and these six are are, are okay, right? Yeah, so. yeah. You know, it's a, a completely ridiculous situation, but you know, mm. hopefully, people can find the site you know useful to to know what the risks are. You know, if they still wanted to take their you know their typhoon out or something. I mean, you know you should know the risks. And I, I do believe that it's important to make the information transparent and, and allow people to make their own decisions on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we went over uh, recent additions. Are there any uh, partners, uh, sponsors or partnerships uh, that you'd like to mention from the website? Yeah. So we don't, uh, we don't take any, uh, it's a non-commercial site. Like non, it's not, it's not technically a nonprofit because it's not a charity, but well, it's a nonprofit, but it's not a charity. So, uh, but we don't take any money. We just take donations from, from the public. So if you, if people want to donate, they can go to the site and uh, there's a link there and, and anything helps to try to help, you know, pay for the server costs. And uh, that's all greatly appreciated. But uh, I try to keep the site independent uh, and, and, and have it so that it relies only on information, the FRT. We don't, we don't editorialize it. The only thing I do is I put a little, tag on things affected by the OIC. But other than that, uh, the information is exactly as you'll find it uh, in the FRT. And, and and that's how I want to try to keep it, to keep it independent and and as transparent and, and accurate as possible. Yeah. Yeah. You can keep it uh, uh, nice and neutral. We'll editorialize on this show. <laughs> yeah, <I'm sure. laughs> oh, we will. We will. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> yeah so i mean yeah it looks awesome um it's a it's a super useful resource i, th- I think you've you've done a really fantastic job stepping up for the firearms community here and uh, and putting together this thing that is uh so super useful over the 
the PDF that they that they <laughs> send us for us. A massive um, PDF. <laughs> yeah, a massive PDF. Um, I, I don't I don't know that we would ever find the the results of of some of the prohibitions uh, without a site like yours that's that's checking the the diff between you know before and after and uh, and makes it easily and readily available. So just on behalf of the firearms community, like thank you so much for for putting this oh, out. It's, it's tremendous. Uh, it's my pleasure. You know, it's uh, one way I can try to contribute to things. So uh, yeah. I'm glad that people find it useful. Yeah. Maybe before we let you go here, what are some of the oddest things you've seen in there for, for like pro- prohibited firearms uh, and, uh, and some of the different entries? Uh, well, definitely things like the Plinkster, uh, you know, that's one of the most strangest ones. Uh, you know, we did talk about, so there actually has been one firearm that's gone the other direction it went from prohibited to restricted <laughs> and that's one of these international shooting sport exempt firearms so it was one of these short barreled handguns that uh, mm-hmm. i think it's i think it was a high standard of some sort um with a super short barrel that would typically be prohibited but i guess they realized that this is was exempt so there's been one firearm that, that went the other huh. way and apart from that you do they're not prohibited but you find well some of them are but you find some strange homemade stuff in there too uh like one guy with like a like an electronic trigger group that works off a battery or something like some people are getting pretty creative and some of those things do end up in there as well as things like antiques and, uh, and other things that, uh, maybe aren't firearms, but, uh, they add them in anyways. Do they still have like magazines and that kind of thing in there? Like it's not Uh, 50 Beowulf mags in there, I think. Yeah. I don't know if the the public FRT doesn't have any like distinct entries for magazines, but Mm -hmm. sometimes you'll find in the law comments, uh, like the 1022 mags that were, kind of controversial and prohibited for some reason uh they comment on that sort of stuff in there as well as things like if it came out of the factory with if if there's versions with like an integrated suppressor they'll make that known and and things like that so confusing yeah i got a question you had mentioned the international sport exemption what can you elaborate (laughs) on that like how do you how does a firearm get that because i can think of a lot of firearms right now that are used in international sport well i think it's only for handguns (laughs) but uh uh, yeah this is something i didn't know about until that one firearm switched from prohibited to restricted and then i saw so one useful thing on the site is um so for every model there's a section that lists all the different configurations so that's going to tell you the different calibers that are out there barrel lengths uh but it'll also give you the um the legal authority for why they made the decision they did and so it'll reference directly a paragraph in the OIC or another part of the criminal code. And so for that, those firearms, uh, it referenced this international sporting competition handguns paragraph. And then so I went and read that. And I think they just listed by name a couple handguns that were banned in the 90s um, that had been used in, in competition Um but uh, maybe we can get more stuff added to that. I don't know. <laughs> That'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> I think there's a lot of guns that need to go on that exemption. Yeah. Well, we need to get like a gun to be an Olympic sport. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sport recognition now and AR-15 is a very popular and for Ipsic rifle. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> sporting equipment. Hoping. That's not an Hope. AR-15. I'm just hoping. <laughs> yeah, just sporting equipment then. Yeah. Just yeah. like uh, golf clubs or a baseball bat or anything else. Uh, we do have one comment here. Uh, is Mike's wondering why the FMG javelin was added to the OIC? Isn't that natural resources resources Canada's jurisdiction due to the explosive nature of it? I I don't know if I can comment on that that one specifically. Um, I mean, it 
that one would have been added probably because of the uh, the, the bore diameter. But uh, I'm sure it's still exempt for 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 those people yeah. to use um, in their in their line of work. <laughs> I bet it like people were getting the tubes. I bet you people were just getting the tubes, not the actual like firing bits of it. And, yeah, and that's yeah. what they're that's what they're doing there. Yeah, I've had conversations with people that said that some of the stuff was al- already technically prohibited because of um, some other acts. Um, but certainly, you wouldn't be able to find the ammunition for that. Yeah, uh, as yeah. A civilian. Because like the 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 tube's probably super dumb, and the yeah. the actual warhead is the bit that you would not want people yeah. to have. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought thought that whole section on the OIC was funny. They started listing off all these anti tank missiles, and it's like, wait a minute, I could have had that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and a lot of the anti tank rifles, like there's some old German ones that were like had squeeze bores that started big and then ended up below 20 millimeters, but because the top part was bigger than 20 millimeters, that was band i guess right oh, so interesting <laughs> i'm still disappointing i did I, disappointed i didn't get one of the uh, ptrds or ptrs's uh when those were available i don't know if you guys were were uh, owned guns at that time but you could get one of those for 2500 bucks or so and they're <laughs> an enormous wow. anti-tank rifle <laughs> surplus and like hard to make ammo but yeah that would still be bad. awesome <laughs> yeah that'd be a wall hanger now awesome uh, anyone else to uh, shout out or anything to, to mention to our viewers before you, we let you go, Zach? Uh, no, check out the site. And I guess, um, you know, I'm open to trying to take on special requests for data analysis on the FRT. Uh, so if there's anybody in the industry or the public that wants to know some uh, information they can't find on the site, just reach out to me. There's a, uh, an email address on the website, info at armalytics.ca. And I'm happy to try to help with uh, any special requests that people have. You're too good to us, Zach. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> Yeah, thank you very much for what you've done. It's 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 uh it's been a huge help for everyone. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. Thanks, Zach. All right, Thanks. take care. Thanks again to Zach for coming on and uh, doing all of us a service, getting that website up because uh, I, I don't know how to search all this stuff. And his website's so fast; it's so nice. So definitely uh, check it out and uh, and donate at Armalytics. Mm-hmm. Uh, listener feedback. Listener feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot bluing, parkerizing, Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms accessories, optics, and more at dcgunsmith.ca. Uh, we, don't, we don't have any emails uh, over the uh, New Year's Eve. I bet you all of our listeners were drunk off their ass, so uh, that's probably why we didn't get any emails. It's possible. Uh, it's possible, yeah, yeah. And uh, we've been t- uh, mostly hitting all of face- the Facebook comments. Uh, there was one early on in the show from Garrett just saying, thanks for the tip on the shotguns. Palak finally came in on years, decided on the Mossberg 500. Can't wait to fire it. Yeah, it's a pretty cool. solid gun. Yeah, pretty bulletproof, pretty solid. Uh, I think that's the only one we didn't get. For 22, throw on a barrel tuner is what Mike's saying for... Uh, hmm. For that muzzle thread that's an idea yeah yeah that's an idea but then i gotta shoot a bunch more ammo at, at the range just like sitting <laughs> oh, no. doing like just testing accuracy <laughs> i actually don't like target shooting at the range i like shooting for a purpose like like yeah. stages i like uh shooting steel or shooting reactive targets i like uh, uh, um yeah. i've got Action a shooting. 
Yeah, I've got a review of uh, of twenty two ammo that I haven't published yet, but I'm 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 uh, pretty close to where I reviewed God sixty kinds of ammo, and for each of those kinds of ammo, I fired a hundred rounds out of them to uh, to check for groups. Wow. And it was a huge waste of time, like massive waste <laughs> of time. Like, don't do that. It's not necessary. Uh, the The most imp- interesting things I found is like some ammo, some really cheap bulk ammo sh- shoots like total garbage out of some guns and really super good ammo will probably shoot gun in like good in, 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 in all, every, every gun you have. And there's like, there's a couple of like value winners like Blazer uh, 22LR is, is a really good value priced um, high velocity. CCI standard velocity is a very good uh, value price standard velocity ammo and I don't know everything else you kind of get what you pay for gotcha and I don't like shooting targets anymore (laughs) because it was so boring and then scoring them afterwards measuring all these stupid groups oh my god (laughs) it was just painful so painful uh, we don't have anything from uh, Patreon or Instagram uh, or Facebook. If you want to head on over to Facebook and review our page and say something good or bad about us, and we'll probably read it on the air. Uh, if you'd like to email the show, send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Uh, finally, shout outs. Uh, any shout outs from you guys? No, not really. Uh, for me, it's to our guests. Like, it's nice to have a super smart guy in the community that, that put together a site like that because not many of us could do that and you know and you know we really need that information right so yeah you buy a gun gun today and then you're a criminal tomorrow so it's nice to know like what's what's you know being prohibited but definitely yeah thank you not that we want that but that's it for Mm. me it's good to know if you're going to get like arrested or not and that's yeah yeah uh, sadly this the state of things is that you have to know it's amazing they didn't want to release that information. Like it seems pretty important, doesn't it? <laughs> like, you know. They don't have a way. They don't have a way of like they don't know if, if I've got like one of those crazy bolt action shotguns. They're not restricted. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, check us out on Gunners of Canada. Like us on Facebook. Join the CCFR. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. Uh, so if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.